This is the Organizational Health Advantage Podcast with Keith Hadley and James Felton, Principal Consultants at Table Group. They're in the business of coaching leaders to build strategic focus and cultural alignment that leads to amazing results. This podcast is for leaders who are looking to increase productivity and morale while decreasing politics, confusion, and unwanted turnover. Welcome to the Org Health Advantage. Welcome back to the Org Health Advantage. We're really excited to have Ben Westra on the podcast today. He's from Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, and is the founder and CEO of WDS Construction. I worked with Ben and his team and really got to enjoy him as a person and as a leader. This podcast is really about how he's evolved in his leadership role. WDS is a great company that does a lot of construction throughout the country, and I really feel like you'll enjoy this podcast. So without further ado, let's get right to it with Ben Westra. All right. I'm here with Ben Westra, CEO of WDS. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Thanks for having me, James. It's so good to uh, catch up again. I really enjoyed uh, working with your team, but more importantly, getting to know you and, and Julie, your wife, and, uh, and just everything about you. So it's great to have you on the, on the podcast. Uh, same here. It's been a pleasure working with you and Keith the last several years. Yeah, yeah, we really enjoyed it. So as we get started, why don't you give us some context about WDS, you know, like size of the company, how long you've been in business, uh, your the, the specialty that you are in, and, uh, you know, go from there. Sounds good. Yeah, so WDS Construction, we're out of Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. And uh, started a huge in, metropolis, by the way, booming metropolis in Wisconsin. Uh, we uh, started in 2005, so we're just coming up on our 15 year anniversary or birthday, whatever you want to say. So, we're Absolutely. really excited about that. Uh, I founded the firm uh, with my father back in 2005, 2005 excuse me, and uh, we're a nationwide general contractor uh, specializing in retail, medical cold storage, design, build. Uh, we Our main office is in Beaver Dam. We also have a, another satellite office in Dallas. Uh, range between 150 and 175 million in revenue a year. And we've also, a couple years ago, started a, a development arm called JCW Development. And uh, they develop sites and projects and it feeds WDS with work. Yeah, oh, that's great. And I was impressed with just the the variety of clients that you had, you know, like uh, from sporting goods to cold storage, as you said. Um, I know you're even building a hotel. And so all of that, it was really cool to see the, the diversity of your client base. Uh, yeah, we've got some fantastic clients and we're, you know, our niche is being able to travel across the country for them. And uh, they want us to be in everywhere in the lower 48. So that's, that's where we're licensed. So yeah, they're a great group that we're able to follow around uh, in every state in the, in the lower 48. Yeah. And you founded this 15 years ago. How did you get into this? Yeah. So my, uh, my uh, great grandfather and grandfather, well, in fact, the, the company's name is WDS construction and that stands for William Dewey and Steve. And uh, they were all in construction. My, my great-grandfather, William, and my, 
grandfather, Dewey, started a, a construction company about 15 minutes north of, of Beaver Dam and uh, in an even smaller town in Wisconsin. And uh, uh, my dad eventually t- took over that firm and uh, it was it was a sizable construction company. And uh, I started there when I was quite young, mowing the lawns, w- working in their yard, and then eventually out in the field. And I, I construction's in my blood and I, I've you know, really a fourth generation contractor. So I left my father's firm in uh, early 2005 and sent out the customary email to clients, subcontractors, design professionals, uh, friends, and said, uh, you know, the typical email, it was a pleasure working with you guys. And uh, here's my personal info. And I was surprised to get emails back from some of our customers saying, wherever you go, we'll, we'll give you the work. And one of them was a, was a national retail client, uh, was shocked that they would say that. And I, here I was moving back from Pennsylvania to where I grew up in Wisconsin. And, and I didn't even know who our competition was that I could bring this potential work to. And basically said, Hey, I think we can, I think I can run one or two of these on, on our own and let's just see where it goes from there. Well, that was, we've had work ever since. We've just been blessed with you know, great clients and uh, I'm in an A plus staff. We just got a com- uh, tremendous staff. Uh, my first office was, was in my mother's sewing room. You know, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't afford an office. And uh, it was just a, it was just a, uh, a great way to, to start a firm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the stories I love is, that uh, Tom White, who you worked for at one point, is now on your team. Talk about that. Yeah, Tom, uh, I started uh, when I was uh, probably 11 or 12 years old yeah. uh, for yeah. my father's firm. My grandfather had had hired Tom uh, back in uh, the late 70s. And uh, yeah, Tom, I ended up hiring Tom, as, who is now our director of ops and a, a great member of the leadership team at WDS. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, was that hard when it went from, uh, he taught you a lot. I know he really mentored you and, and took you under his wing and, and probably made life hard when you were a little kid, you know, like showing you the ropes, uh, but in a good way, uh, was it then hard to actually start leading him in, in your company? Yeah, there was definitely, there was some, uh, times where I, uh, I could remember when he used to turn the air blue, uh, when he was, uh, correcting some of my concerns. Uh, but I, I never, I never returned the favor. Yeah. Yeah. But he's such a good guy. He, he is I mean, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been so good and, and such a help. I, I know when you started, you know, you, you, you decided to leave your dad's company and start your own and you were driving out to, back home to Wisconsin, um, and then you started your company. What were some of the challenges that you faced and and maybe some that you didn't even expect? Mm, good question. Yeah, when, when we were, when I was moving back uh, to Wisconsin, uh, my, my dad helped me move back and he, he said, how are you going to do this? And I, I think he was asking the money question, uh, but my response was, well, we're going to service the snot out of our customers. And uh, he, you know, I think he got it then, like, it, 
I was going to do this one way or the other. Uh, but he knew that the money question was coming. And, and luckily, I had just sold our house and we used, uh, you know, we cleared a, a, enough to be able to sustain us for a couple months before that first project started. So, uh, but yeah, we, we obviously, other than that, we had very little money. Um, we did have uh, some really good friends uh, chip in to help get a line of credit at the bank. Uh, I, I, I didn't even know I would need that. And they were just, uh, they were just fantastic in helping out. Uh, but we were also, we were just so small, uh, trying to convince major corporations that we were going to over deliver for them was difficult. Uh, yeah. But we also used that to our advantage. You know, we saw ourselves as flexible and we could adapt and it really paid off. And, you know, we started in 05 and it paid off in 2008 and 2009 when we really had to be nimble and it helped because we had no overhead. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And, and what about uh, maybe like within the company challenges as a leader that you really didn't expect to have to deal with? Yeah, I, I had been a, a senior project manager and estimator over at uh, my father's firm. And I did not know all of the, uh, the nuances of HR and, you know, having to be a uh, you know, at certain times, a, a, a real shoulder to cry on or, uh, you know, whether it's uh, some mentoring or whatnot, that's not something that I was, I was good at or really had much experience with. And uh, as we grew, uh, even that, those young early years, I, I was not as good of a leader as I, as I could have been. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so at the time that you started this company, it sounds like what motivated you was maybe being able to do what you wanted to do and be your own boss. And also, as you said, service the snot out of the customers. Yeah. And the mo- yes, the motivation really was uh, once, once, once we, you know, a lot of, a lot of construction firms start with no work. Well, we, we, yeah. had, we had the benefit of having the work in front of us. Exactly. The motivation was that nobody thought we could do it. And uh, other than maybe a very short list of clients and, and uh, a couple of employees, um, this, this family firm that I was just at, I, went, I was the last Westra to leave and it had just imploded uh, before our very eyes. It, was, it had been a very, very successful company, just a great firm to work at. And, and to see that go down, there was a, there was a pride factor that we were going to try to rebuild something. And, uh, yeah, we were just fortunate enough and blessed, uh, to have WDS start and work out when it did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I want to double click on something you said earlier, you said, I probably wasn't the leader that I should have been back then. How would you characterize your leadership when it first started? I was, being the founder and uh, being so small, you know, we were, we were four people that first yeah. year in 2005, three of them were family members. So, you know, that, talk about a kind of a quagmire, right? The, but they were, they were all great. And uh, they, everybody was, you know, 
you all had to be rowing in the same direction because there's only four of us. But uh, being the founder, I you know we just couldn't fail at anything. And and if if we failed on the most minor item, uh, we we knew that that was there was a chance that it, this wasn't going to work out. So so every little success, um, whether it was a, a small project completion or or an award, or even uh, even you know other little things like referrals and recommendations that we would get, it was just such a big deal, and we would. We would definitely, this is Wisconsin, so we celebrated all those successes. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I've, I've seen you celebrate before. I've been part of those celebrations, and, and you're in Wisconsin, and you can celebrate a whole lot better than I can, that's for <laughs> sure, whether it's chicken wings or beers. Um, and, and, but how, so let, let's talk about that evolution a little bit. Um, you know, when you say you weren't necessarily the leader you used to be, uh, I really think you've uh, evolved and become this really great leader. Uh, and we could get into that. But how do you see your evolution from when you first started 15 years ago to now? Well, thank you for that. I, I yeah, you, you saw me when I was still in my Tommy Boy phase uh, <laughs> of, of running a construction firm. But, uh, I, you know, I really, I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, I, I, um, I never considered myself a, a vocal leader. Uh, I was always a, more of a lead by example kind of, kind of person. At least that's who I, I followed. Uh, you know, so people like Tom, uh, like you're talking about, or, yeah. or Nita Schreier, our, our CFO. Yeah. Uh, you know, very, just really strong lead by examples. And, um I struggled to communicate to others, uh, once, especially once we got to a certain size. Uh, and I struggled with communicating what, what I needed and reminding others like, like what I needed. And I think that comes with, we call it the founder syndrome. And, uh, you know, when we started, I was managing projects, calling on clients, uh, sending in pay apps and then still like buying pens and paper at night. And that, that all comes with, with being a founder. And I, I thought I had to be perfect at every one. Like I said, we, we really didn't want to fail at anything. And I, but that was hard to give up most of those. And especially when I thought I could do it better. And I really had to learn and realize that that's not my job anymore. It's to it's to it's to mentor others and train others and and make sure that we're hiring a plus staff that can that can really take that on. I also got to tell you, I I really struggled with admitting mistakes and and just making and didn't realize everybody already knew it was a mistake and and we didn't learn from a lot of early mistakes that that either I made or or maybe somebody else you know wasn't called out on about. Yeah, and I and I think part of your evolution has been the ability to uh, become more of a vulnerable leader and admit when you don't know something or that you made a mistake or ask for help. And just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I I think there's a there's a stigma with construction, probably other for sure vocations as well, but there's a stigma with construction that, you know, we, we don't admit mistakes and 
uh, don't come to me, you know, with your problems, come to me with the solutions. And, and that's really a backwards thinking and uh, approach. We've gotten better about it. We're not, we're definitely not perfect, but we've gotten better about it at WDS because we've realized that uh, if, first of all, if you don't create a culture of people saying, Hey, I, 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 I've got a problem. I messed this up or I'm really running into a jam. Uh, nobody's going to come forward when they really do have an issue. And also uh, we've realized when, when that doesn't come forward, uh, some of the, some of the other team members can't help you with what they've, what they've done in the past. There's, re- there's a good chance that we've probably made that mistake before or run into this sort of problem. And, uh, you know, that's where a lot of our meetings are. You really see the fruits of those meetings saying, and, and the vulnerability uh, of people saying like, hey, I, I've done this before. I, we can help you out of this jam. Let's rally around this. And if most of the time back in the day when we bury problems, there's a really good chance they were going to come back to haunt us. And at, then it was going to be uh, 10 times worse. Yeah, and in construction, that means delays and extra costs. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're so, doing that. <laughs> but I think what what you folks uh, as a company have evolved into is admitting mistakes, asking for help earlier, and and that saving your hide in the long run. Without question. So you talked about maybe not being a great leader in the beginning. Or how you've evolved. I wonder, like, how you see yourself now, and how you see your role as the leader of the organization as a whole. And you know, maybe it's more mentoring. Maybe it's uh, you know, leading through uh, building that culture of vulnerability. Just talk to talk to us about where you think you are now, and how that's changed. Yeah, it's definitely more working on the business than than in the business, and. It's it's seeing our leaders develop, uh, whether it's a rising star or or it could be somebody somebody that needs some coaching. Uh, those are not things we were, you know, we, we did in the past that we're we're really in tune to now. Uh, the construction industry is is pretty cutthroat, and either you can perf- perform or you can't, right? And that was our mentality, really, really going into it before we we really adopted a. Uh, a culture of, of continually working on organizational health. We also have a, a core purpose of we provide for WDS families and build communities through our passion for construction and, and providing for the WDS families. Uh, we have such a great group and it's like a big family. And we, we just, we want to make sure that they are provided for and, and taken care of. And that's, uh, that 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 should be our core purpose, and, and that's we work on that every single day. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I've been struck with is, I think um, while you have, of course, focused on profits, and you've always known where you were in that regard, that's never seemed like the driving force for you folks. It's never been profits over people or profits over purpose. It's always been like there is a greater purpose that we are serving here. And, uh, and I j- have just really appreciated your focus on that. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I, I 
Thank you for saying that. It's uh, we we definitely think uh, that leads that breeds a better culture. Uh, but uh, I know you've been in several of our meetings, and you you know you can't help but hear about people talk about family, and they're 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 really talking about the WDS family and and really how we take care of their family. So it's a it's a really special thing. Yeah, and I think being in a small town almost like magnifies that a little bit. If you were just profit, 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 um, you'd probably have a very different reputation in your small town than you do. And I know you're kind of the mayor in that town, so to speak, and so many people know you there. Um, But a lot of people know you as this really great leader um, who really cares about his people and cares about the community. Well, well, thank you're making me blush. Thank you. Uh, um, the the local mayor, I will definitely forward this uh, podcast to, and I'm sure they'll get a kick out of it. But but uh, it, yeah, it is. It definitely is a small town, and and uh, I I think uh, while there are you know maybe some downfalls to that, it it's uh, uh, one of the special things is that you you really get to know you know pretty much everybody or somebody that that's part of that family and. Uh, it, it it makes it all that more spe- special when we can be successful together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I want to go back to something you said and double click on it. Uh, you talked about your evolution, and part of it was around hiring A players. What a, that is an evolution I've seen, and and I think for you it wasn't necessarily. Um, well, it wasn't something you folks were necessarily doing. You were hiring people who might have been competent, but didn't necessarily also fit the culture at WDS. And uh, talk about that uh, evolution a little bit. And then how has that made leading easier for you? That's a that's a loaded question. But yeah, you are absolutely correct. We we were not very good at at hiring. And you're you're also correct. We we would look for the smart side, not the healthy side. And we when we when we really sat down several years ago and said, hey, what what are our core values? What are what is our core purpose? When we when we decided our core values are humble, hungry, loyal, we realized well, that's all we should be hiring. That should be the the first thing we should be looking for. And if they don't meet one of those, they're not going to fit at WDS. And so from there, we really uh, took that to the next level with onboarding. And that has been a really important step for us. Uh, Once we know they're humble, hungry, loyal, and and smart and competent, obviously, the onboarding has just been really key for us. And uh, like I said before, construction is really a sink or swim, excuse me, sink or swim business. And we we definitely adopted that model, you know, for the first ten to twelve years of, of our existence. But, but you know, we've changed how we do that, and we we little things at, for onboarding, like you know, our our goal is to meet the new hire on their first day in the parking lot or at the front door. Um, for goal is the first day is minimal paperwork if at all possible. And it's, it's more meeting with department heads and going out to lunch. And um, I do everything I can to try to spend some time with them on the first day and, and, and tell them, 
the, the WDS story, how we started, you know, talk about the WDS way uh, and also explain to them why, why we thought, why we brought them on. We think they're both smart and healthy or, or they wouldn't be yeah. here. And, and that's, that's really, that's been pretty powerful. We've, we've really benefited from that. And I, I think the, the new hires have really appreciated that. Yeah. And, and the, the follow-up or the second part of that question was around how that's improved your leadership and Tom's and Danita's and you, you know, your whole team, but around like, I think you hired people who you thought could maybe get the job done, but also brought with them some challenges in, in terms of, boy, we've got to really coach them, mentor them. They're maybe a little bit dysfunctional. We've got to like kind of rein them in in some ways. We've got to coach behaviors. And that would take up a lot of your time. And now that you're hiring both smart and healthy people, you know, the, the competency plus the good cultural fit, seems like you're dealing with that stuff less, which is freeing up your time um, to spend more time on the business rather than in it. You nailed it. We, by focusing on more A plus, hiring A plus players, it, it has allowed us to, to deal with less drama, less interpersonal dynamics. It is, uh, it's really freed up the leadership team to be more strategic. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I was stuck in the weeds uh, and, and doing, you know, being involved in every little fire uh, was, was because we didn't have enough A players to hand projects off to responsibilities. And, uh, you know, that it's, it's a, it's a vicious circle that you get caught in if, if you don't have a players on board. And, uh, it's, I think it's also, we found it's really a retention factor. Uh, a players can see who's on the team, even if they aren't working together. Uh, they are, they know we're more successful, uh, when, when we've got all A players around the table. Interesting. I, I hadn't really thought of that, but that, I think that's a good point where you say like, a players want to be around other A players. Without question. Yeah. You know, I mean, we see that in sports, you know, like A players want to be around other A players and, and you know, all-stars want to be with all-stars. And, you know, we're, we're seeing that in the NBA and Major League Baseball and all the sports. And so it's only natural that that would be true in, in uh, the work environment as well. Uh, I have to say that one of, uh, Keith, my colleague, and I—one of our our best memories was you taking us to uh, to Lambo for a game, and, uh, and that was a great game, by the way. Monday Night Football, and uh, Lambo was packed. Uh, we would say cold, you would say average, uh, but uh, it was it was a, a really fun time. And boy, that city comes together for football games. That was a good time. We uh, got you got you to the tailgate ahead of time, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed having you guys there. So glad you were able to experience it. Lambo is a, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime experience if you're not from here. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, we we did our offsite for uh, for everybody listening. We did our offsite in a brewery, in a private room in a brewery. And uh, what was interesting to me was we started in the morning, and uh, by noon that place was was pretty full for a, a Monday night game. 
And, uh, you know, by three or four o'clock, that place was packed and the game was still several hours away. But uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, so uh, I, I want to know, as uh, you know, we're doing this uh, podcast, like kind of right in the midst of covid. Uh, I'm wondering if there if there's anything that you folks have implemented. You know, you talked about improved communication. Um, anything that you've taken on even more so now during this time? Yeah, COVID hit us uh, j- just like everybody in in, a, in our own special way. Uh, you know, we have we have project sites with you know somewhere somewhere between ten and potentially you know two to three hundred people on site daily and across the country. You know, so. Uh, having to work in, in trying to figure out which state uh, was doing what that day uh, was uh, really became a chore in, in March when it, when it hit hard and uh, also trying to get, trying to protect our people uh, really was uh, the, the biggest thing, trying to make sure they were safe out in the field. And then we also have multiple offices. So uh, working through that was, was definitely a challenge. Uh, but uh, I will say they, uh, our team really came through. We we implemented a couple of things. We we created a, the WDS COVID nineteen task force, which you know kind of sounds goofy, but it, get, getting a team with with from both the office field uh, and getting everybody's insight of how we're going to make decisions and move forward. You know, meeting on a daily basis. Uh, sometimes multiple times a day, especially in March and April. Uh, and then really tr- a, being transparent with all of our employees of where we were struggling and what we were doing every single day. We, we ended up sending out uh, at the end of still to this day, uh, we're, in, we're in early June. And uh, still to this day, we send out a, a daily COVID update and explaining what states are doing what, uh, what projects ended up moving forward. And we were, we were lucky enough that, that about 80 to 85% of our work uh, continued to move forward. But uh, we, we also just tried to message to our, our, all the team members as much as possible, uh, whether it's the daily email, uh, we, we've done a, several all employee video conferences, uh, we um, we have a top ten uh, that we go. The leadership team goes over every single day, and and that top ten is based on uh, more of a financial uh, and operational aspect of who's paying us. When you know when are, when are, uh, when is this project going to start? Yeah, uh, let's keep our eye on the ball there. And then from there, you know, in in early, excuse me, mid-March, we realized we needed a new thematic goal. We needed a new battle cry of overcome the crisis. And let's create defining objectives that are going to get us through this, knowing that if, if we can tackle these, we're going we're gonna to come out of this at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Uh, you know, I'm curious. It, it, this seems like a time when you really need to lean on your team, but your team has been strong, and, and I think you've had a lot of trust with that team. Just talk to me about how important 
that team has been to you as, you know, maybe a younger leader 15 years ago, uh, how it's evolved and, and, you know, how you've leaned on them during uh, big times, including right now, but throughout your 15 years. Yeah. So our, our leadership team is, is made up of, uh, Tom White, we've talked about him before, yeah. our director of operations, and Danita Schreier is our CFO, and and uh, yeah, they've they've been great mentors to me personally, um, but also professionally. They uh, they do not hold back. You know, they 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 challenge myself as well as their subordinates uh, to be better, and and they would uh, not do anything that they wouldn't at or excuse me, they wouldn't ask any, anybody to do anything they wouldn't do themselves. And uh, they are uh, yeah, a special group. I know you've gotten to, to meet them, but uh, there's a real, there's a real uh, trust built up over many years. And, and it's, uh, it comes from, honestly, a lot of uh, vulnerable situations where they've, you know, they've, uh, seen us at our best and worst. And I know that trust has developed not from keeping it easy and light and, (laughs) um, you know, striving for harmony. It's actually the trust is built up, I would say, over having tough conversations. Without, without question, James, they are, uh, our offsites. I, I think people, think it's just uh, all roses and no it's it's uh it's holding each other accountable and and striving for what's best for wds and uh and yet it's it's there's no hard feelings it's all done in love you know and and uh yeah they're um they're very good about you know bringing the right issues to the table we go over the most difficult you know issues that WDS is facing definitely in every offsite, but, but for sure in ad hocs, ad hoc meetings, as well as could be even in our, our weekly tactical. Yeah. And, and challenging you on your opinion, your, your ideas, um, the direction you maybe want to go with things and you equally challenging them on, you know, some, uh, some expectations that you have, or maybe some conversations that they didn't have with their people. And, you know, it's, again, the trust has built, been built over like getting into the danger conversation, the danger zone, the, the uncomfortable conversations that need to happen as opposed to holding back and keeping everything light. Yes. You are, you're hitting the nail on the head. We, we, and I guess to segue, we, I used to be terrible at running meetings, just uh, horrible. And I I didn't know that at the time. I, uh, I don't think many people are exposed to, to what a good meeting really is. And uh, so back uh, even four or five years ago, when we would have meetings occasionally, not it was random, uh, but there was no healthy conflict. There was, uh, they were information only, and uh, there was very little accountability. It was uh, like you said, no, no difficult conversations unless something had just completely boiled over, and then it's everybody going scorched earth on each other. Well, that's not that's not healthy either. Uh, 
So now I, you know, I kind of touched on it. We have, we have a daily huddle, uh, every, every single morning, uh, whether it's uh, WDS has one, JCW also has a daily huddle, uh, tactical meetings with your superiors. Uh, we have a periodic offsites uh, with different groups, the leadership team, others, and uh, as well as ad hoc meetings, anything that we really got to uh, separate from other meetings and, and, and focus on. And, and that has made us so much better. I, it, it, it illuminates a lot of confusion. It helps us cascade messages uh, to the rest of the team. Uh, it, gets, it gets the leadership team or whoever is meeting on the same page. And uh, it, it helped the leadership team become more cohesive. That's for sure. Uh, but uh, the tactical meetings that we have really contribute to uncovering issues before they could become problems. And, and in construction, we're, we're dealing with, you know, we're trying to be proactive, but a lot of times we, we have to react very quickly to certain situations. And, and those meetings have, have been invaluable. Yeah, yeah. Ben, what I'm, what I'm reflecting on right now is how you've talked about a couple of things that people probably overlook or, or probably don't spend a lot of time on, but the fact that you're doing it is saving you time in the long run. And the first thing I would say is making sure you're hiring A players, taking the time to find the right person uh, and the right fit so that you don't have to deal with those interpersonal dynamics later on. That These are people that you need little coaching um, and, and little management. So you're taking the time up front to save you time later. And then also your meetings. You're taking the time to have really productive meetings to save yourself confusion or politics uh, or or um, lack of focus, you're taking the time in your meetings so that you don't have to deal with issues later on. Is that accurate? It, completely accurate, James. Yes, uh, and and we, I will say it's not easy. You know, when, when we when we first, uh, you know, it sounds like a novel concept, right? It, it, just hire A plus players. Well, who, who wouldn't say that, right? And and yet, being strategic about it, and and really understanding uh, what what the bumpers are and what the signals are for a, a potential A plus player. You know, we we have a saying we 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 hire very slow. Uh, we you know we we rarely ever do one or two interviews and then oh just pull the trigger. Uh, it, it's it's a lot of uh, time spent making sure okay this this person is smart but are they humble hungry loyal and then also do they would they be the right fit and all a whole bunch of other little things that that e- potentially equal a, 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 an offer to a, a future employee yeah yeah oh that's awesome Ben this has been so good and so insightful and. I appreciate you being, you know, we talked about being a vulnerable leader and, you know, you have been that, uh, you know, talking about maybe some of the challenges you faced or, or uh, some of the ways you could have been a better leader and how you've evolved. And, and uh, this time has been great. I've got a couple of questions that I want to ask that I ask all my listeners. The first one is, do you have a favorite leadership book that you recommend or pass out or, or, or gift? Well, I 
just read the motive by Patrick Lencioni and yep. uh, loved it. And it was, uh, and, and it, it really speaks to what WDS and JCW are going through right now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's to be a Liam, you know, is the, is yeah. the goal for me. And it's a challenge to, to not only myself, but the, but the rest of our team. And, uh, can we take that next step? You know, that's a, that's a big question. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the motive, it, you know, like Pat's books, it's, it's really a, a quick, simple read, but it's chock full of so many good things to think about as a, as a leader. And so, uh, yeah, that, that really is a good book. Um, and then do you have a favorite leadership quote? I do. I, I do. We, um, and kind of goes back to what I was talking about before. It's a, it's a little bit longer, so I'll read through it. But it's a quote yeah. by Colin Powell uh, about uh, disagreeing and committing. Yeah. And he, his quote is, I encourage all my subordinate commanders and staff to feel free to argue with me. My guidance is simple. Disagree with me. Do it with feeling. Try to convince me you are right. And I'm about to go down the wrong path. You, you owe that to me. That's why you're here. But don't be intimidated when I argue back. A moment will come when I have heard enough and I want to make a decision. At that very instant, I expect all of you to execute my decision as if it were your idea. We all move out together to get the job done. Loyalty is disagreeing strongly and loyalty is executing faithfully. This decision is not about you or your ego. It's about gathering all the information, analyzing it, and trying to get it the right, trying to get to the right answer. I still love you, so get mad and get over it. <laughs> I, I love that quote just because it, it really I, – I share that with everybody before any offsite that I go into. And I, I just love giving them the freedom, number one, to argue and know, have them know. I, I will not take it personally yeah. uh, unless they rip on the Packers or something you know, <laughs> that they, they know they shouldn't do. But I, I just love that quote. Because it, it again, it gives them the freedom, but then it also they understand like I whatever the decision is, I I expect their full commitment, like it was their own moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that's one of my favorite quotes too. I, I really like that one, James. I've got one more quote. Please, uh, as a as a Christian, I try to live by uh, Luke twelve forty eight, which says, "To whom much is given, uh, much is required." And uh, we try to we try to live by that at, at WDS and JCW as well. Yeah, Ben, uh, knowing you over the last few years, I think you folks do a real good job of that. And that's led by you. So thanks for adding that quote. No, thank you. Hey, I, uh, I really appreciate your time. And uh, it's always good to connect with you. And so thanks for carving out a little time for uh, the podcast and for me and for our listeners. It's great to have you. Hey, thanks for having me, James. This has been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Org Health Advantage. Your hosts, Keith and James, are helping leaders change the world of work and invite you to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. For more resources on building stronger teams and organizational health, check out tablegroup.com. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.